Hey, hello, Coulter Nuanas, Big Sky Breakdown, December 2nd. Can't believe it's already December. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. No coaches getting fired. No coaches getting hired. No playoff games in the state of Montana over Thanksgiving for the first time in 10 years. One of those three was happening. It wasn't this weekend because the Bobcats and the Grizzlies both got buys in the first round of the FCS playoffs. What a great situation. Something we've been looking forward to at Sky Sports for a really long time. Montana State hosts Albany on Saturday, 42-14 victor over Central Connecticut State, 7-7 at halftime, but the Great Danes went off in the second half. Four passing touchdowns for Jeff Underclover, freshman quarterback. He's got 39 touchdown passes, which is an FCS record for freshmen in a single season. His six touchdown passes against Central Connecticut State ties an FCS playoff record. That Albany team, that was their first playoff win in school history. They were a Northeast Conference power for a long time under Bob Ford, who was the only coach the team had ever known. 1970 to 2013 led them into the Colonial Athletic Association. Greg Gattuso has been the coach since then, six years at the helm for the Great Danes. He is a former Penn State defensive lineman. We'll have more from him from both my conference call with him earlier on this morning, as well as a one-on-one with him later on this week on Tutel Nuanas, Montana's only daily sports talk show. Without further ado, Jeff Choate, his thoughts on the University of Albany. And as always, this podcast presented in part by Selway Armory, Montana's firearm superstore, as well as Town Pump, Montana's best since 1953. Selway Armory is the best place to get guns, ammo, and accessories anywhere around. Don't believe me? Then take the Selway Armory Challenge. Shop with Selway for a year, and you'll save enough to buy an additional firearm. After the remodel, Selway Armory has doubled their in-store inventory. And with a local warehouse, they can get you any product you want while regularly beating competition prices. Selway Armory is locally owned, with experts on hand to answer any question. Buy local, save money. Take the Selway Challenge. Selway Armory, 2425 Stockyard Road, Unit E6, behind IHOP on North Reserve. How we doing? Good, good, good. All right. Um, just get into some kind of opening thoughts, remarks, observations uh, about the University of Albany. Um, you know, I think I think this team reflects uh, their head coach in a lot of ways. Uh, coach Gattuso is a defensive-minded guy, tough guy, um, very much a team that I think plays with a discipline that. Uh, they make sure they do not beat themselves. I mean, they do not make a lot of mistakes. They do not give up a lot of explosives. They're top 25 in the country in turnover margin. Uh, they don't get penalized a lot. I think they're just a very disciplined team, uh, very well-coached team. They take advantage there on offense. I see a lot of things that they're doing game plan-wise to try to take advantage of things that perhaps have shown up on film or weaknesses that you have. And I think they've got the personnel to exploit those weaknesses. Uh, defensively, they're very sound. They're not a heavy blitz team. Probably one of the, the teams this year that we played that blitzes uh, percentage-wise less than anybody. They play a lot of quarters coverage. Um, they keep things in front of them. They have a very good defensive line. And so that's kind of what I see is I see a team that is playing in an excellent league, the CAA, played a lot of tight games, found ways to win a lot of tight games because they didn't beat themselves. And I just think that's a tribute to coaching. I mean, so so, so many times, uh, and I've been a part of them too, where you know you don't you don't lose the game. You know, you, you let somebody else lose the game, and that's what they do. You know, and so I think that's that's a, a big time deal that they're doing on offense. Their quarterback under Cuffler, redshirt freshman. I mean, this guy's doing some historic things in terms of the way he's throwing the ball. Uh, very confident, big arm, big strong kid. 
team rallies around him. You can see as you watch them throughout the course of the year how his confidence has increased. He makes less and less mistakes every week and, uh, and attacks the field with more confidence. Their run game, which I think is really a critical part of their success when they get that run game going. And last week was kind of an anomaly. They really didn't get the run game going against Central Connecticut, but they didn't have to because they had so many open access throws in the RPO game and down the field. And so I think that's something we got to pay attention to. But 21, I really like this running back. I mean, he is an excellent, tough runner. I think, you know, sometimes you see guys and you're like, hey, he's a good FCS back. I think this guy could translate to the next level. Low center of gravity, 5'8", around 220. Uh, very tough tackle, bowling ball. I mean, he's a tough guy to bring down, so I, I, I like that back a lot. They have a veteran, an experienced offensive line. Uh, number 11 has 70 receptions and is a legitimate deep threat, but number four is special, I think. Uh, you look at a guy who's got 16 touchdown receptions. It doesn't matter if he's in if – if he's double covered, he's not th- covered because undercover has trust and, and confidence in this kid, and he will go get it. He is a dude. 80 receptions, 16 TDs. I don't care if you're playing Pop Warner. I mean, that, that's, that's pretty impressive. And this guy is, is a legit, I think, NFL type of guy. He's got top-end speed, runs good routes, attacks the ball in the air, and is a, he's a major problem. He's a major problem. I like their tight end 86. He's a complimentary guy. He's very important to them in their run game. A lot of their run game goes through him. Uh, probably an underappreciated guy, I would guess, in their offense. But this offense is built around run the ball, RPO, shots. We have a five-game breakdown with 56 vertical shots. Okay? You do the math. I mean, these guys are going to attack you vertically. They've got the personnel to do it, and they've got a quarterback with a big arm and confidence to do it. And so that is going to be, obviously, uh, a huge part of their success this year is come through explosive plays, and that's going to be a big part of this game is our ability to try to limit those for them. For them. Um, on defense, I talked about it. Not a, not a huge pressure team, but they don't have to be. they got a guy at number 12 who's got 12, 14 and a half sacks. Their interior D-line, very twitchy. I mean, they're not overly big up front, but they're very, very active. I really like 97, 92, 94, and I talked about 12 as a pass rusher. I'm a D-line guy. You know, Coach Gattuso is a D-line guy. He likes D-linemen. His D-linemen play well. They're good players. And so um, they, they create a lot of problem, not so much with the blitz, but a lot of post-snap movement, not stemming pre-snap, but aligning in one shade and then jumping a gap to the other. They're very quick, and that's the, that's the challenge that they present inside. Uh, they get a lot of negative plays, and they don't have to, as I said, they don't have to blitz a lot because they're capable of getting pressure with four guys. And so I really like those guys. Uh, I think 23 is a really physical safety. They've got two big thumper inside linebackers, 44 and 45. They wad things. They play downhill into the line of scrimmage, and that's a problem oftentimes in the run game because offensive line-wise, what you're, those guys always want to do is they want to try to create double teams and then push to the next level. Well, with those downhill linebackers, it makes it a little bit of a challenge. And so, like the way they play the game a lot on special teams, number 10's been kind of in and out, but that guy can really go. He's got a touchdown return this year already. Um, I just think it's a really good, sound football team that uh, is, uh, you know, I mean, very clearly deserved to be in the tournament and with the, the way that they played in round one. And uh, I think it's going to be a very challenging matchup for us on Saturday. Questions? How do you think last year's playoff experience might help this year? I think every year that you get an opportunity to do this, you you learn something. And so, um, you know, I made some mistakes last year, and I think it was not so much in terms of how we prepared for the second round game. It was the fact that we kind of, you know, we eked in, so to speak. You know, we had to win out down the stretch, and we got a first-round win, and then it was like, oh, and I forgot, hey, we got finals, we got all this other stuff. And so our kids were kind of distracted, I think. And so having a better plan going into this as far as, hey, last week was about three things. It was about family, it was about school, and then it was about 
taking care of your body, you know, sharpening the saw, worrying about our fundamentals, not an opponent. And this week, we got to focus on school. We got finals next week. And so that can obviously be something that can distract young men. Uh, the weather is a factor to a certain degree this time of year, but the, the ability to just compartmentalize, I think, is something that I learned from that experience a year ago. Being able to take what's going on at this very moment, block the, everything else out, and just focus on it. And uh, I don't expect that our kids are going to have that complete ability, but my job as a head coach is to try to help them do that. If that's the biggest takeaway I had from a year ago was you can't really worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. you got to take care of today, whether that's i got to get this paper done, get this presentation done, don't procrastinate. All those things will start to pile up on you as, the, as the, this time of year comes, to, comes around. And so um, that's probably the biggest takeaway I had is just, you know, um, my job is to look at some of those things that are maybe on the horizon, but most importantly is to keep our team and our, and our coaching staff focused on this moment at hand. You mentioned wanting to recharge your batteries last week. Uh, do you feel like you have now? Do you feel like there's kind of that, a new energy, I suppose? Yeah, I thought our guys really, you know, we came in on Saturday and our guys, our guys had good energy. This morning they had good energy. And so, you know, now it's all about preparation. You know, it's now it's all about digging in on the opponent, making sure that, you know, we can go play fast. I think there's a tendency sometimes to, you know, you're in the playoffs and it's, you know, it's the second season and you need to reinvent yourself. And I think that's a, something you've got to guard against. You know, you don't want to ha all of a sudden put too much in for an opponent and not be able to go operate at a, at a high level. And so uh, really right now this is about us, you know, finding out how – we can best attack this team and and uh, and do it in a way that's not going to require too much thinking for our guys, so we can go play fast. Jacob is a guy who just uh, shattered a school record, throwing six touchdowns last week in that win. So, you know, what's the key to stopping the, the momentum that he's riding? Well, yeah, I think there were some open access throws that he operated very well, and I, I would say this: I would say their coaching staff, I feel like, did a tremendous job of adjusting to how they were being played defensively and attacking Central Connecticut in the second half. So what does that tell you? They're good. They know what they're doing. They know how to operate. They're going to have eyes in the sky. And if you're going to, if you're going to consistently play them in a certain fashion, they're going to take advantage of it. Because you give one-on-one -on -one opportunities to number four, he's going to find him. And they're going to make you pay. Because they're going to take enough shots, obviously, down the field that uh, the law of averages catches up. And so I think critically for us is to, is to not give them any one look. You know, I mean, you know, it's almost the same story all over again, right, with these quarterbacks that are playing at a high level. Um, you know, you can't, you can't just sit in one coverage. You can't just play one leverage. You can't let them know what's coming because they're going to they're gonna exploit you. You talk about the transition of, and the challenges of playing a team <coughs> that you've never played, that, that has no like opponents. Um, do you go into the coaching world? Do you find any resources to kind of get some background on a team like this? Can you talk about those challenges? Yeah, you know, if I had the ability to, I would. I mean, I just don't – I'm not connected. You know, I know this is going to sound crazy. I've never been to the state of New York. Most of the guys that play for Albany have probably never been to the state of Montana. So there's not a lot of crossover, you know. And I think if it was a team from the southeast, I could reach out to some of my connections down there, team from the Midwest, team from the West. And, um, but, you know, there's certainly not a lot of familiarity. But I do think stylistically there's some similarity. And so I think that, um, you know, you are who you are on film after, you know, 13 games is what we've got to look at on them. And so it's, uh, you know, it's going to come down to nothing that somebody tells you about their style or any of those types of things is probably going to have a huge impact on our preparation. We've got to look at what we see on film, do what we do, and I'm sure they feel the same way. So I don't, you know, I think it's always good to be able to exchange information. I mean, the coaches hotline in the Big Sky Conference is always comical to me. You know, the longer guys are in this league, the more they know each other because it's a very homogeneous league. A lot of guys stay in this league for a long time. So during the course of a week, especially because you have these, this unbalanced schedule now. So if you're not playing a team, 
they'll be more willing to exchange ideas with you and information. And so uh, we don't get that same kind of hotline between Albany and, and, and Bozeman right now. You mentioned Ben got to make the trip here. Uh, they played in front of, I think, 1,600 at their stadium last week, coming here to Bobcat Stadium. How do you feel? Elevation, all that playing in the factor. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody else feels about it, but I think all that stuff's overblown. I mean, I do. I think you're going to be here for less than 24 hours. I mean, I guess they're getting here on Thursday, so maybe a whopping 36 hours. I don't think that's time for your body to get all jacked up on the elevation thing. So, you know, I'm sure that's something that they can think about. But, you know, we played at elevation, and I didn't pass out in 7,000 feet or whatever it was in, in, uh, in Flagstaff a couple years ago. And so, you know, I think that's kind of one of those things. This is about the two teams between the white lines. This isn't about the elevation, the crowd, all that kind of stuff. This team has played – in good environments. I mean, they played at Richmond, they played at Delaware, uh, they played at Central Michigan, they played in you know bigger environments. And I think that this, uh, you know, obviously we're hoping for a huge crowd. I mean, that's the biggest thing I'd say. You know, our students are still here. They don't have to pay for tickets because we've got all these awesome people in this community that are willing to step up and allow them to, to enjoy cheering for their home team one more time. And I tell you what, man, it makes an impact. I know that having those guys packed into the Sunny Holland end zone is an important thing for our guys. We feed off of their energy. And uh, I know how important this program is to this community. And so we're excited to see if we can get a great crowd to support our guys. And, and certainly a home field is, is, you know, I mean, it's better than us having to go there. I would say that. And so, um, you know, the committee felt like we deserved a, an opportunity to host a game. And we're appreciative of that. And now we got to back it up. Let's say after the North Dakota game, you made a logistic change with um, Coach Miller and Coach Armstrong being together on the sideline. How do you think that's paid off? Yeah, I think that uh, – I think that's always something you've got to examine, I, and, and you know, hopefully you don't get to a crisis point where you got to, hey, we've got to really do something to shake things up. And I felt like we weren't probably there quite there, but you know, there was there was definitely a change that needed to take place. I didn't feel like the synergy between those two was as good as it was a year ago, and I think that that, that the change has really been good. And I and I give credit to, you know, we put Eric Frazier up the first week, and then we brought him down and put Denarius up because there's a few less moving parts in terms of our substitutions with the running backs than there is with the wide receivers. And I think he and Nate Potter have really kind of grown into their role upstairs in terms of being able to help Matt and Matt. And, you know, I mean, Brian and, and Nate are, you know, I mean, they're connected at the hip anyway in the run game preparation. And for those guys to be able to kind of con communicate during the course of the game, what, what are the fronts, what are the blitzes that are giving us problems, how can we attack those, that's been a really good team. And, and I think Daenerys, with his quarterback background, being able to kind of give Matt some suggestions has been helpful as well. So I think we kind of found what works for us at this point. I know Matt, you know, big picture, I think the offensive guy, for the most part, wants to be upstairs where they can see the big picture. But um, I think he's done a really nice job. What do you think Josh Hill has brought to the event, especially later on in the season? Experience, leadership, production. I mean, probably those three words would come to mind immediately if you asked me about him. I think you know toughness almost goes without being without being said because of all the things that he's been through physically. But uh, you know he's just a really smart football player. I mean he studies the game. And some people don't have to, like Josh. I'm not saying Josh doesn't spend hours on end doing this, but some people don't have to. You know they see it once or twice and they know it. You know and, and I worked for a guy one time and he was talking about like you know we'd get angry about this one player. I won't mention his name because most people would probably know who this person was. But He's never in here studying film. He doesn't set an example for the other guys, but all he does is just go out and play at a really elite level. And the coach looks at him and says, hey, the great ones just know. And, I, and I, you kind of have some of that with Josh. He just kind of innately understands this game. 
Seems like number 12 on the edge, they do a lot to kind of get into one-on-one -on -one situations. You dealt with a little bit of that with OB and Sac State. Do you see any similarities? And how do you kind of mitigate a guy like him? He, well, he's longer and I think faster than Obina. He's not as big, but uh, he, he, if you get in third and extra long and this guy gets one-on-one -on -one with a tackle, it's going to be a problem. And so, you know, there's some things that we've got to do. Being aware of his location is going to be important. And that creates, uh, you know, there's sometimes there's some issues in terms of, you know, if you're going to slide the protection one way, they just move the guy on the other side and they can fix that, you know. And so we've got to be able to be smart about how we protect. And we got to have success on first and second down. We can't get into third and extra long. That's not good for us anyway, stylistically, but uh, in particular because of the talent of their edge rushers. And how important are those negative plays to them? It seems like with some of that base stuff and not a lot of blitzing, it's all about negative plays. Yeah, they, they're not a team that leverages blocks up front. I mean, they're, they're not going to try to strike you and create knockoff. Not that they don't do that periodically, but um, they're going to jump a lot of gaps. And that's kind of, instead of blitzing, they play very aggressive with their interior defensive linemen, and that allows them to, you know, create some creases and get some negative plays. And they do a really nice job. I mean, it's a very good team. It's a very good team. Stylistically, it seems like you know, a team from the East Coast may be a little bit different than a lot of the teams you play on the West Coast. Do you see stylistically just an overall breadth of the team a difference yeah. coast to coast? I, maybe the one thing that stands out to me, and this doesn't necessarily have anything with the East Coast, West Coast, or anything like that, but maybe just by league, you know, it's how wide open this league is. I mean, we're one of the best defenses in this league. It's, it, God's talking, so don't worry about it. This is every day of my life. That's why we're glad to be getting a new facility. <laughs> it's just snow coming off the roof, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry about a thing. Um, so um, the, the, getting back to the question, which I can't remember now, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I got you. No, I hear you. So, so that we were talking about the little league thing is interesting to me. So, like in the Big Sky Conference, you know, I think we're one of the better defenses in the Big Sky Conference. We're like 39th in the country in total defense. Okay, um, offensively, we're middle of the pack. We're like 20th in the country in total offense, which I would have never guessed. I didn't even. The only reason I did that is because I did a comparison of us, just our national rankings to Central Connecticut and Albany in the off week. And because obviously you can't look at league stats and go, okay, this is who this team is. You almost have to take this natural, national approach. So what that tells me is like the big sky is clearly one of the more wide open conferences in the country in terms of the offense. I mean, I think Eastern led the nation in total offense and didn't even make the playoffs. I mean, so, you know, that's, it's a crazy way to look at it. And I think it, uh, it just, I think that just speaks to, you know, the spirit of the West, I guess we're a little less, you know, a little less conservative, a little bit more wide open and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I think the one thing I know is their style travels. You know, they run the ball, they play good defense, they don't turn it over, they don't penalize themselves. That, that to me, is why they're a second-round playoff team with the opportunity to keep playing because, you know, all this stuff that we just talked about, plus they got good players. And I think they've done – I mean, you got to tip your hat to this group. I mean, this is a team that was picked, I think, preseason last in their league. Um, I don't know how many games they won a year ago, but it wasn't many. And here they've been able to flip the script and really they have a good group of seniors. But this freshman quarterback has come in and really changed uh, the confidence of this team on offense and their ability to kind of stay in any game because he can throw the ball 70 yards to number four like that and changes everything. So um, I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah. <laughs> we'll go from there. You've talked about not wanting to reinvent yourself. Just how happy have you been that you've been able to, you know, keep running the ball and uh, do that, uh, and and that it's paid off for you, especially the the last few weeks. Yeah, I, you know, 
in this time of year, there's a lot of coaches that, that uh, you know, probably sit there and go, gosh, I wish I would have done this or I wish I wouldn't have done that. But I'm never going to look back and say, you know, I wasn't who I am. I mean, I'm not going to have any regrets about this is what I believe football is supposed to be and this is how we're going to play football in Montana State. And if it doesn't go my way or our way and, you know, I become one of the cast of thousands that, you know, gets the call on Black Sunday or Black Monday, I can live with it. But I'm not going to try to be something I'm not. And so, you know, I think that's kind of the way it is nowadays. You guys have been so good with your backs against the wall the last three years in November, especially this season. Now you're a team that's favored with a home game in the playoffs. How do you think that differs from the last couple of years? How do you hope to seize that? I hope that we approach this game exactly like we have our backs to the wall because we do. I mean, it's win or go home, playoff football. You know, we're not playing in the, you know, whatever bowl game that we've had a month to prepare for and trying to figure out if some of our kids are, you know, got one foot out the door. I just hope our kids are still hungry, which I think they are. I think the energy they had this morning uh, showed that, and I think we're excited to be able to play some more football. Bryce, just kind of how has he progressed since he came over from Washington? I just think a lot of confidence would be the thing that, you know, I mean, obviously he's played more football, so you get better at football by playing football. You don't get better at football by watching somebody else play football. And so the opportunity to play a lot of downs here has, I think, benefited him and allowed him to showcase his abilities and talents. But I also think the fact that he's been able to produce has given him confidence, and it's what we all need. You know, I mean, you got to have somebody who believes in you, and you got to believe in yourself, and I think he's gotten to that point. You like what you've seen from him, specifically playing a defensive end this year? Yeah, I mean, his numbers are better. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's one thing that, you know, we, we moved him from Buck, which was kind of the showcase position in terms of being able to get after the quarterback to field end, and, and he's actually been more productive. And so I think that speaks to, uh, number one, it's been nice to have him Andre on the other side. Um, but I think uh, the other guy that made a sacrifice to do that, whose numbers probably went down, was Derek Marks. But that doesn't diminish his importance to our team. Uh, and so I think that's probably a, maybe a little bit of an underlooked piece of this, too, is we needed to find a way to get all three of those guys on the field simultaneously. You've been on the FBS side of it. Um, how much fun is the FCS turn part of it? It's, it's hectic. You know, so here's the difference. Like today, I don't care who you are, you're on the road. I mean, if you guys follow Twitter, everybody had their home visit pictures last night. Well, that's, that's round one of the home visits, right? So that's what you're doing right now. If you're in bull prep, as an FBS coach, Sunday, the, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, you hit the road. And you're doing home visits, and you usually get back on Wednesday night and, uh, you know, or Thursday, depending on your schedule, how far out your bowl prep is. If you're playing a New Year's Six Bowl, it's a little different than when you're playing a Christmas Bowl because you're compressed. But uh, you're juggling recruiting, sometimes official visits, with, with, uh, with game prep. And here it's like, you know, this is a, you're in season mode. You know, you're just – you know, keep grinding, and, and this is what we do on Monday. This is what we do on Tuesday. We still got to be able to juggle the recruiting piece and, and make sure that we're kind of protecting our turf because everybody's out, you know, all the vultures are out, and everybody's trying to poach everybody's guys right now. And then you got the coaching staff changes, and you're going to have this w late wave of, you know, don't sign in here because you never know we might take you over here. And so it's just, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on this time of year for us. But uh, it, it actually, in a lot of ways, it feels good to be able to just stick to your routine a little bit. And then it feels different, like Friday, Saturday, to me, feels so different because it, the stakes are so much higher. You know, it's not, hey, we finished on a high note this year. I mean, unless you're one of four teams, really, if, unless you're one of two teams, at the end of the day that, that play for a national championship at the FBS level, uh, the, the tournament's different. You know, I guess those four teams, it's, that's it for them. But 
this is, I think it's special and unique and, and uh, should be celebrated. I think it's an awesome way to, way to go about it. And not to put you on the spot, but do you think it's the, the right way to determine a champion? Yeah, and trust me, I'm not making that decision. So, my, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to Google what Jeff Choate said about the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, that's above my pay grade. So, thanks, guys. Thanks. Coulter, the weather has turned. It is gnarly out there. It's gnarly on the roads. But in Montana, that doesn't keep us home. We go everywhere we got to go. You and I always travel in for football. I'm going to be headed to some other places for Christmas, all this kind of stuff. You know what gives me comfort? I know that I'm always about 11 feet from a town pump superstore. I mean, no matter where I am in the state of Montana, you got gasoline, you got all the refreshments you need, the kids got to have, you know, a, a, a packet of gum, some chips, some water to keep them going, keep them satiated and satisfied in the backseat. And you know what other S word? Silent. Shut them up, those kids. You go to town pump and you got yourself some peace and calm in the van ride. I, sh- I should pay them $1 million for what they've done for me. I always set up that town pump right when you get over Homestake Pass. I write in rocker there because yeah. I always run out of the spray fluid for the windshield. And the mm. semis are spraying on you. When it gets cold and icy and snowy like this, you got to have the right fluids in your car. And town pump's got that covered as well. And sometimes you need a beer for after the drive. So get yourself a six-pack, drink it when you get home, behave yourself. But it is. It's a great place no matter what you need. Fuel, food, caffeine, water, anything. And who knows, maybe you throw a dollar in the machine, you walk away a winner, too. I mean, you got all these different ways to recreate, stretch your legs on the highways. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a town pump near you. Town pump, Montana's best since 1953.